listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. Welcome to another episode of The 30 Podcast, brought to you by SilverScreenAndRoll.com, where you got you covered for everything on the Lakers. Harrison, Anthony, Christian, the rest of the crew, updating the site daily with fresh content. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter as well, at LakersSBN. And subscribe to the Podcast Network. We're on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast fix, you'll find us. Uh, the latest episode is Can You Dig It with Christian and Grant. That was a pretty good one. Instead of looking back at what has been this entirely miserable year as a Lakers fan, we'll talk about what the Lakers can look forward to. Something they can't look forward to is the playoffs sitting six and a half behind the Spurs and Clippers. Just 17 games left in what has officially become the season from hell. A bright spot from that loss against the Nuggets, of course. LeBron James ended up passing the great Michael Jordan. He's now sitting fourth on the all-time scoring list. On with me today to talk about that. He writes for Hoop Mag, co-host the Hot Takes and Shot Bakes podcast. Always good to talk basketball with a fellow Canadian. Josh Eberle, how you doing, my man? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's, it's, it's amazing to see another Canadian infiltrating Lakers Nation. That's, that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good vibe to start off on here. I know. Well, you know, it's funny. Some people have called me out for being Canadian saying, I don't know anything about basketball. And I'm just like, come on, man. What is, that, what is that supposed to mean? We have basketball up there. We got the Raptors. I get that on a nightly basis. Whenever <laughs> someone has a disagreement. I get that at least once a night. It'd be like, stick to hockey. And they're like, man, I hate hockey. Now, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes I'll go on a show and they'll ask me, like, oh, you're Canadian. You must have watched the Leafs game last night. Calgary's close to Toronto, isn't it? You know, <laughs> uh, no, man. And uh, yeah, I mean, you have me on for basketball. So no, I don't watch a ton of hockey. <laughs> oh, it's, it's funny because it, it's a surprising thing for me just because the American culture is so big to us, like when, when you're at home, because we have we get all the networks, we know what's going on. And it's surprising to me how much, how little people know about Canada here. They're like, if I say I'm from Vancouver, I get the same thing. Like, is that near Toronto? And I'm like, dude, it's like a two hour flight from here. You know what I mean? It's on this side. I don't, I don't get how people don't understand that yet. Yeah, it, it. I mean, it is crazy. And like, I think for a lot of Americans, like in my experience, there's Ontario, and then there's everywhere else. And like, <laughs> like how many NBA markets am I closer to in Calgary than? Than Toronto, like seven, eight, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're right. That's the funny part. It's like now we all don't live in igloos. It's not that cold. It's like if you've been to Vancouver, the weather's actually pretty nice. It's better than half. It is in half the United States, and they still don't get it. Yeah, Vancouver's beautiful. Vancouver's beautiful. Portland's beautiful. Shouts to Portland. I was there a few weeks ago. Beautiful, beautiful city too. Actually, reminded me a lot of like a smaller, a smaller Vancouver. Yeah, it's a it's a nice spot. The whole Pacific Northwest. We we need another team in either Seattle or Vancouver for sure, though soon. Definitely. One of the two should get the next team. One of the two, absolutely. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed for that. Uh, big news from today for Lakers Nation. Chris Haynes from Yahoo Sports saying that LeBron will be on a minutes restriction going forward. Now, the plan, only to play him about 28 to 32 minutes a night, and he might sit out the second half of back-to-backs. Only have three left on the season. What do you think, man? Taking without fully admitting it? Yeah, sure feels like it. And, you know, like my co-host on the podcast, I think Jabari actually worked for Lakers Nation. So throwback for Jabari, throwback, shout out for Jabari here. But, uh, you know, he was talking about shutting LeBron down a couple weeks ago. And it just seemed like it was hard to fathom even the notion, you know, especially with with how vocal Adam Silver has been about tanking and shelving and, you know, the negative PR aspect of it. You know, this feels very much like a strategic white towel waving and, I mean, it's a bad look. It's a bad look for the Lakers, bad luck for LeBron, it's bad luck for the league. And yet it might be the smart decision because this season does feel all but lost. Yeah, it, it, uh, I've been saying that. I go, this has officially become the season from hell for the Lakers. Who would have thought, you know, back in October, we would have been talking about, 
hey, LeBron might get shut down, you know, later in the season if the Lakers aren't in the playoff picture, just because it's like you got death taxes and LeBron James being in the NBA Finals. Yeah, to go from not being, to, or, or to go from being in the NBA Finals for eight years to then missing the playoffs is just such a, such a letdown. Like, I mean, not just for Lakers fans, but for LeBron fans, for basketball fans, like the, the NBA playoffs, love him or hate him, are inarguably better when he's part of it. And, you know, to be honest, if they had scraped in, uh, I think anyone against Golden State, you would have seen a fair amount of betters on both sides. You would have seen people very quick to throw their money down on LeBron James, even as the eight seed or seven seed against, you know, Houston or Denver or whoever it ends up being. And now to not have them in the picture, I mean, it's disappointing. It's definitely disappointing. And that's, and that's coming from someone outside of Los Angeles. I always say that. I'm like, the, the NBA is better when the Lakers and the Celtics and the Knicks, who are obviously haven't been in a long time, but when those teams are relevant, they're like the glory franchises of the league. And, and to me, like coming into this season, I'm like, all right, they're going to finish around the four or five seed. They're probably going to get the, the doors blown off against Golden State in the second round. But at least, you know, having the Lakers back and, and being in the building a few times, you know, for the games and seeing the energy, especially early in the season, you look at it now and I'm just like, man, what went wrong? And, and now we're talking about the fact, all right, they're going to restrict LeBron's minutes. Fine. Okay, fair enough. We know what you're trying to do. But while they're at it, like, I don't see a point in bringing back Kuzma, Ingram, or Lonzo. Shut them down for the rest of the season. Hope you lose as many games as you can, except for the next one against the Celtics, which is coming up on Saturday, just because it's it's Boston and we know how that goes with the rivalry. But uh, to me, the best case scenario, obviously, at this point, lose as much as you can. As things stand right now, uh, recording this on a Thursday, Dave's sitting with the 12th best odds in the lottery. Mavericks only sitting three back, but the Lakers has a chance to move up to seventh, which would give them about a 30% chance at a top four pick. When you look at the Lakers' final 17 games, what do you think is the best scenario for them? Yeah, this is where it gets tough because there's there's a lot going on here. Like I, I, you know, I can't in good conscience be like shut everybody down. Like as a basketball fan, as someone who writes about the basketball for both hoop and NBA, kind of like I can tell you like the outlets that are involved with the NBA, the NBA fans everywhere do not want to see teams thrown in the towel fifteen games out. And yeah, but but there is the other argument, and and I see it. And you know, Hinky he made what. Hinky didn't do anything new except make losing cool, make losing acceptable, um, you know, build a bit of a cult around that idea. But honestly, from from an X's and O's perspective, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't the Lakers, if, if they knew they couldn't get into the playoffs, why wouldn't they just drop off? For, from, a, from a purely what's for the best move for the franchise, you drop into the lottery, maybe your pick jumps, maybe it doesn't, even if it doesn't, you know, seven has more value than 11. And I, I totally get it, but at the same time, like you just I I can't recommend it because it's so bad. It's such a bad look for the league, and and it's not fair either to fans. And I know this is the this is the aspect of this that never gets talked about. And like fans are so concerned with player agency and looking out for the players and sticking it to the owners. Like fans need to look out for fans. Like fans have bought tickets a long time in advance, spent hard earned money. I'm sure, and for Lakers games, it's another level. Um, you know, they should be able to go see their favorite players play basketball. And, you know, th this is leading into a dark, darker area. And I think the league is going to have to take a harder stance as we move forward the next few years. I, I agree with that. I, I don't agree. Like, I don't, I don't agree with Tank. I mean, I agree with your point. But I, I look at that, too. I'm like, if somebody bought a ticket, you know, had this game circled on their calendar coming up on Saturday against the Celtics, like, all right, you know what, Lakers, Celtics, uh, it's going to be a great rivalry. Let's spend, you know, $200, $250 each to get in the door because we want to see the best of the best. And it's like. Dude, what do you mean if it's a close game, you're going to cap him at 32 minutes? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me either. 
Yeah, and and so like in the past, when there's been stuff like this for LeBron, I want to say was it last year, or the year before, he had a minutes limit with Cleveland, and they were like, we're going to keep him to thirty or whatever it was, and he blew it his first game. Like he he exceeded his first game because he's LeBron. And he looked at Ty Lue and he's like, nah, I'm playing. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. But there is no incentive right now. Like I mean, if, if the Lakers collective vision at the top right now is like we're not making the playoffs so we might as well protect lebron health wise and look at our pick then what's lebron playing for and and, you know i'm sure lakers fans are really tired of the narrative that he went there just to make movies and we could debate that back and forth but i think you'd have to be blind not to believe or at this point that lebron has not been the same focus the same engine that he's been in years past so i just don't know that he's going to go out there and give it his all um, for the rest of the season, especially if he's getting the direction from the top that it's over. When you when you look at that, I mean, uh, you know how you how you were saying, like it, it is over. I mean, you can tell the the body language the last couple of games, uh, you know, against the Nuggets, especially against the Clippers, the energy inside Staples was was dead. Like there was it w- it was just felt like you were at a morgue. Like there was nobody <laughs> into it. It was it was brutal, man. Like nobody and, and you. I was looking at it like this is do or die for the Lakers. I mean, even then the chances were slim, but for them to to lose that game the way they did. And then now you're looking at a situation where, and, I, and like I said, you know, a few minutes ago, wow, they're going to be in the lottery. And I'm looking at it, okay, you know what, tank, do it elegantly if you can. Like you have injuries with with Kuz and, and Ingram. Lonzo's already been out of the lineup for quite some time. Just say those guys aren't going to be ready. We're not going to rush them. Fine. But I mean, I think the, the huge upside to this is that they, that picks a little bit higher. They're going to be able to package that to to the Pelicans if the Pelicans agree to negotiate this summer with with the Lakers, which we've heard reports. Um, that they weren't really doing in good faith. But if you can package that with two out of Lonzo, Kuz, and Ingram, wouldn't that make the Pelicans at least start thinking about it if it's a top seven, top six pick? Because if it's number one, I think you stick with Zion. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know that it, you know, like this is interesting. Like I, I don't know that it would. I, I do think the way mm-hmm. that Brandon Ingram has played the last few weeks has helped. I mean, he hit, Brandon Ingram was playing some pretty good basketball the last few weeks. But no, I mean, I, I just genuinely don't think the Lakers have the best package on the table. And like, if that pick jumps to one, I'm sure you have their attention. If it jumps to two, maybe you have their attention. Maybe R.J. Barrett is enough in, in combination with what you have to, to get them interested. But other than that, I, I just don't I don't know that it is. And I keep looking at, at around the league and what happened with Kawhi Leonard and what happened with Paul George, and I still think there's a dark horse team. You know, regardless of whether or not Danny Ainge is going to pull Tatum from the table and kind of back out on the word that he's allegedly thrown out there, that he would be involved. I, I still think there's there's an opportunity here for someone we haven't talked about to jump in. I keep looking at Atlanta and their odds to, to, to nab a top three pick, and I think they're the sixth best odds right now at number one, but... They've got they've got pieces there, and I think John Collins is a really interesting piece. And they've got higher odds, and like they're just one team that I keep looking at. But there is someone else that hasn't been involved. It didn't make sense for them during the season, but when things shake out, I think could get in there and scoop them up. Uh, that's the thing that that's the thing about the NBA, and it's really about any any big league. You don't hear about the like the trades that are going to happen. Pretty much all happen out of nowhere, and then you'll see a Woj bomb or or Shams tweeting out like, "Hey, th- this trade has happened." A, a lot of the rumors and stuff, and and the leaks you find. It's almost like a negotiation tactic, and, and that's what I think people don't understand. It's not just the Lakers and the Celtics. Like, it, like you mentioned, a team's just going to come out of nowhere, and that deal's going to end up being made. And, and if you had to make a prediction right now, uh, you have to pick one team. You know what I mean? Gun at your head. Who do you think that Anthony Davis ends up with ultimately? Let's say two seasons from now in 2020, 2021, when he's a free agent, where do you think he'll be? New York. 
you going with the Knicks? I think the Knicks make the most sense. Like, I really do like the Dark Horse. I've talked to myself in the Dark Horse a lot of times, but I do think, you know, the Knicks pick is going to be in that mix, too, uh, that we just talked about. And I really do, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I've got the feeling that both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are heading there. And then, you know, uh, maybe the Knicks pick jumps, and all of a sudden that trio happens. But either way, I think that they have a decent package they can put together, too. The thing with the Lakers and the reason they hit the gas so hard on all of those negotiations, it's just look at LeBron. Like Now LeBron and the Lakers are throwing in the towel. He's 34 years old. He'd be 36 by the next time, by the time that Davis could get there if he's not dealt when they went to the playoffs. Like I just don't know that LA has sold themselves as a team on the future, and I, I'm sure I won't be. I might not be invited back after kind of taking the opposite stance here, but... <laughs> But it, it just it seems like a tough sell to me. Like thirty six year old LeBron James two years from now and AD and whatever else they scrape together. Like it, I just don't see the vision the same way you can see things come together in New York rather quickly or some of these younger teams. You know, should something happen? Uh, you you mentioned Kyrie and KD. I want to get into that as well. Going into the free agency plan, uh, we'll do that right after this break. And we're back. We're talking about the free agency plan. Uh, you were mentioned how you think that uh, KD and, and Kyrie are going to end up with the Knicks. Now, I'm looking at the Lakers, and this has been the plan the last, you know, seven, eight, nine years. Like, we're going to get a, you know, the first time LeBron was a free agent, oh, he's going to come to L.A. He wants to play with Kobe. He's going to bring some championships. He didn't come. Then it was LeBron again. Then then you had Kevin Durant, and none of this stuff ha- has happened. And if you look at it, like Durant, uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Kyrie Irving, Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler, uh, these guys – there hasn't been anybody really rumored that is like they're coming to the Lakers and you know it is like with LeBron you almost knew a year out he was going to end up in the purple and gold once he had the chance to bolt Cleveland if if these Lakers if they strike out this year like what what do they do and I think a part of that uh comes down to to Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka like you look at the way this this roster was constructed and Palenka said it before the season I mean you can check it out there was a story on it on silverscreenworld.com as well uh where where Palenka goes out and says no our our analytics guys looked at the guys we signed in terms of Rondo, Lance, uh, Beasley, and JaVale, all these one-year deals, and they were like, we like what this is going to bring. And like, dude, this has been just a disaster. And so what do the Lakers do if they are not able to get a a big-name free agent here? It's a good question. And I, I don't know the answer to that, but they need to do something. Because, you know, regardless of what LeBron has said and how in sync him and Magic are, LeBron, I, I cannot see LeBron doing this for another year. Like Le- LeBron is not babysitting the kids, clapping about development, uh, you know, all the all the jokes. It's not it's not happening another year. Like I, you know, they they, they can't sign the McGee, Stevenson, Rondo. Like that can't be the offseason next year. So I think the Lakers are in a position where if they miss on Davis this summer, they just have to do whatever they can to get decent players around LeBron, and they can't wait again for a home run because one, LeBron's age, and two, I just don't think he's going to be happy with that situation. Now, like there, there are a lot of free agents this year that could be good players, and, and and as you said, like no one's been rumored to them, and like the Paul George defeat is honestly what I keep coming back to because if Paul George, as planned, winds up with the Lakers, how different is the season, and and how different is LA viewed, and how different is their future viewed? But that has kind of turned the corner, and you've had reports that Kawhi Leonard's more interested in the Clippers, and he doesn't really want to play with LeBron. You know, KD and, and Kyrie, a lot of people think are going to the Knicks, like myself. And so who's left? Like, Jimmy Butler is the one guy I kind of think who might be out there who's not really rumored to be going anywhere specifically. And does he fit great with LeBron? Does 
you know, the, the kind of some of the drama that's come with him slash the injury slash his age. Do, do the Lakers want Jimmy Butler on that max deal? Yeah, that's the problem. I, I agree with you, too. It's like, uh, you know, do you want to cripple your cap space on a guy who, who's 30 years old? I don't think Jimmy, I think Jimmy Butler is an all-star. I don't think he's a superstar in the league like the, like the other guys. And then the other option is Kemba Walker, who's, who's basically career is, is dying out in, in Charlotte before our eyes. But um, I, I agree. Like, I, I looked at how they, they developed this whole team and, and what their thinking was. And I get it. Hey, you know what? We're, we're the Lakers. Um, Magic Johnson here now, he, he's almost the face of the franchise, basically, in terms of the front office. Guys are going to want to come play here. And you heard what Kevin Durant said earlier in the season, that it's a toxic environment because if you win with LeBron, it's all because of LeBron. If you lose, it's because you, you were the supporting cast wasn't good enough. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it, to some extent, it's true. Yeah, I mean, well, just, it, it has been in time in Cleveland. It was like without LeBron, that's a lottery team. We're, we're seeing that now, right? But I'm also like, I'm also a big LeBron fan, and like as a basketball fan, as someone who played basketball, I, th- I wouldn't mind going to the finals every year. Like I wouldn't mind having my role. Like Kyrie Irving is a household name. I mean, within the basketball realm, I'll I'll, I'll throw an asterisk on there. But he's a household name within the basketball realm mm-hmm. because of the role he played on the LeBron James team. And he had the chance to hit that shot because he was on the LeBron James team. And I'm not trying to take away from Kyrie Irving now, but like that situation was pretty good. And how how happy has Kyrie Irving looked since? And so like I think the narrative that like stars don't want to play with LeBron and, and playing with LeBron's a bad deal may have gone too far. And at the same time, you know, like this is year 16, and now now the roles kind of got to start to change. And if the credit and blame still the meter is still the same, then that that's not. That's not a good gig. So I do get where Kevin Durant's coming from, but also, you know, I, I'm sure, I'm sure if Damian Lillard was in Los Angeles and the two of them were going to the finals this year, uh, no one would be complaining. So you you, you mentioned you were, we're talking about Kyrie. I, I think he's the one, the wild card out of out of those guys that I mentioned, kind of the big fish that are available. I think he's the one with the with the with the most likely chance that he could end up uh, in in LA. Like I don't really see Clay, Clay Thompson staying. I think with the Warriors. Kawhi Leonard, nobody ever knows what he's thinking. I mean, you know what I mean? He's just like a robot. He just looks the same all the time. Uh, but uh, to me, Kyrie's the one um, who might end up in, in the purple and gold out of, out of that group. Now, I want to touch on another, another thing. Obviously, LeBron James passing uh, Michael Jordan. We talked about that a little bit earlier. But um, it was funny to see how the Lakers fans reacted to it all. Like, it's an awesome accomplishment. Uh, LeBron, to me, is the second best player I've ever seen just behind MJ. Uh, dude passed, you know, the greatest of all time to a lot of people. His childhood idol. Um, you were pretty vocal about the ridiculousness, ridiculousness about the hate on Twitter. Uh, what were your thoughts when, when you saw him pass Michael Jordan? How do you how, how did you kind of take it the way the Lakers fans reacted at Staples? Yeah, like I wasn't I wasn't pleased. I wasn't impressed. Like it, there's been a lot of stupid conversation about LeBron James over the last 18 years, and um, you know, jokes greater than facts is a social media staple. <laughs> And, yeah, 100%. And I, and, and, I mean, get those jokes in this Lakers season. It, it warrants the jokes. And, you know, things didn't go as planned. And I know collectively basketball fans are upset. But, you know, the Bill Plaschke tweets, like, really set me off. And uh, I, I don't even watch Around the Horn anymore because of him and some of the things he says sometimes. But, like, it's just – it's becoming real cliche for, like, over 40-year-old white men to hate LeBron James and and this and this line is just ridiculous. Like, there are so many things that you can make fun of LeBron for celebrating, like this record and that record and this record every night. But since he was like 16 or 17 years old, LeBron has been chasing Jordan. 
you know, I don't think he decided that was his goal until later in life, but everything he did his entire career was compared to Jordan. And then now he's not allowed to take a moment. Now he's not allowed to be emotional. And this wasn't Plashke, but like this is everybody like just beating on him. He wasn't getting the pra- praise from the crowd. Like the LA fans, eh. yeah, that's that's all fine. Fans are fans, but like to, to have people beating on him, I'm like, this is his whole career, his whole life. You know, the majority of his life he's been chasing this guy compared to this guy at every turn. It's got to be a pretty big personal moment to reach that for him. And just I don't know, some of the discourse around it just seems stupid. So I said my piece, and I guess he saw saw that. But like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why do you want to make your brand if you are a member of the media or if you're a fan? Like, why do you want to make your brand being opposed and against the best player of the generation and just rooting against him at every turn and never wanting to be surprised or impressed? It just doesn't seem like a very exciting basketball existence, in my opinion. That's that's the problem uh, I find with with uh, some Lakers fans. I don't want to say all because most of them are pretty intelligent. They know what's going on, but um, you know, just embrace the fact. Even the whole LeBron and Michael Jordan debate, and and I think MJ hit the nail on the head when when he talked about it a while ago. I think he was talking to Wilbon uh, from ESPN, and he said, you know, I can't compare myself to people who played before, regardless of what he thinks privately, publicly. You know, the only thing he said is I don't compare myself. You know, in terms of. Uh, the guys that didn't play against. It's a different generation. It's a different game. Just appreciate what LeBron has done and he's going to do the rest of his career and appreciate what MJ was as well. And, you know, people get into this debate about, uh, you know, LeBron, he's not Kobe. Well, of course he's not. He, he's played 16 years and he's played 15 of them elsewhere. Like, you're not going to have the same affinity for a guy who came here, you know, at, at the end of his career compared to a guy who came in when he's coming out of high school. And and I'm looking at the numbers now, like LeBron's going to pass Kobe next year, you know, if all things um, stay equal and he doesn't get injured or God willing, nothing, you know, catastrophic happens. Um, he's going to pass Kobe. So how do you think fans will react to that? Because Kobe Bryant is so beloved here in LA. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll love it. And I, I don't begrudge, uh, you know, similar to what you're saying. I don't begrudge Lakers fans for being loyal to Kobe because he was there his whole career and they did love him and they did watch him win five rings. And they saw the, you know, he had his own arc, you know, LeBron had to play his villain role out into Miami to come back and be the hero in Cleveland. You know, Kobe had to push out Shaq and go some through some other things and, you know, score a lot of empty points before finding Pow and redeeming himself. And they, they saw that whole character arc of Kobe Bryant come and go, and he was their guy, and that's totally cool. However, you know, like, there are 29 other franchises who would love to have LeBron James in uniform, and you'd think... You you think you'd be excited to have him there, but you know I I know not all fans share that. As you said, there are some smart fans who are happy to have LeBron in the building, but you know it would it would be nice to see both LeBron embrace the Lakers and give us all the ball a few more years, and it'd be nice if LA fans would would return that in kind. I'm I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit here, Josh. If you had a pick, you were a captain of a team. You had LeBron in his prime, Kobe in his prime, MJ in his prime. What would your order be in terms of your pick? And and are are we playing in today's league? Uh, yeah, we well, yeah we're gonna have to go with today. I mean, I can't say '90s or 2000s. We'll go with today's league. Yeah, LeBron, Jordan, Kobe in that order. All right, so you you you're on Team LeBron over over MJ in terms of today's game. Yeah, and and I think I think LeBron is easier to build with, and he does more. He's he I I don't know that his peak. Was Jordan's peak? I don't know that he was ever the scorer that Jordan was. I don't you know like if I needed. If it came down to one game, I would probably go Jordan. But if I'm starting a team from scratch in today's league, I'm taking LeBron because I know he can facilitate. I know he can rebound. I know he can D up. I mean, it's been a while. 
Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen much of that this season. For <laughs> it's sure. been a while, but he probably should be a defensive player of the year. He can play the three, four, five in his prime. Those heat years, he was anchoring a very good defense. Um, yeah, I, I would take LeBron because I think all around he has the best game that we've ever seen in the NBA. But I wouldn't begrudge anyone for taking Jordan. And then again, like I don't want to leave Kobe out. He's he's definitely third for me of these three, but. I mean, we're still talking about like one of the 11 or 12 greatest players of all time. So I'm not trying to throw any shade. Yeah, you better have to throw that in. Otherwise, you're going to have people coming at you on Twitter with pitchforks uh, <laughs> after this when they hear this one. And you can follow him. Uh, I forgot to say that. Follow him on uh, Twitter as well at Josh Eberly. Uh, that's E-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Uh, before we wrap things up, I want to touch on this. The consensus around here, Luke Walton's done. Um, he's not going to be back and that, that these are just rumors, no reports, but I'm just saying that the consensus in terms of what people are, are thinking and feeling, who do you hire? Um, the Lakers have had a kind of a, uh, I don't want to say it's, it's a motto cause I obviously I don't know that, but it's almost been the thinking that, no, we're going to hire Lakers guys. Like they bought in, uh, Byron Scott, you know, Luke Walton had his connection to the team. Uh, they have Brian Shaw sitting on the bench. I've heard some fans wanting to say that, hey, you know what, Jason Kidd would be a good good pick. I don't really see that because I don't know what he did in his previous coaching era. Uh, Stephen A. Smith said today, and I don't want to say this is a report. I want to say it's a rumor, just to clarify that. But he said that Magic has his eyes on a head coach who currently has a job in the league. Uh, who do you think that might be if, if, he's, if you're pointing at someone or looking at someone in the league that Magic has his eyes on? Yeah, so I, I, I've heard from a friend, too, in, cer- in certain circles that the co- that there is a coach in the league, and it's not Doc Rivers. That's what I've been told, which is, mm. I think, who a lot of people are guessing. And I, I, I think it's Nate McMillan, but who has done a splendid job in Indiana, and no one seems to notice or care, um, <laughs> despite yeah, all the people missing yeah. most of the season. Yeah, they've been um, on since then. But yeah, definitely don't hire Jason Kidd. Let's let's not do that, because look at what the Bucks are doing without him and how many chances he had there. Look at what happened with that Nets locker room and franchise. Yeah, we're not be looking at Jason Kidd. I do feel a little bad for Luke Walton. Now, I'm not saying he deserves to keep his job or not keep his job, and I think it's unfair to throw this on Magic because it wasn't his. It wasn't his hire. I think it's unfair to throw it on LeBron because that's not LeBron's kind of coach, and they didn't have a previous relationship like that. But you know what? Like, what was Luke supposed to do? And as much as you, again, jokes great. In fact, as much as people want to make jokes about this Lakers season. Like, the reality is LeBron missed 18 games. Lonzo has missed 18 games? More? 19 now? 19 now, yeah. And I mean, they just got a bad break. Ingram missed a number of games. You know, they they, they couldn't figure things out. The, the, the free agency was bad outside of LeBron. But, like, what was he supposed to do with this roster? Like, what would anyone else have done differently? And I know, you know, I follow a lot of, like, nuanced Lakers fans who say, like, Luke doesn't run a lot of sets, and there are things they could have tra- changed with the X's and O's, and that's great, and maybe, but you now have a LeBron team, and, and LeBron is not you know, being dictated to by a coach's same age anywhere across the league who's going to be like, yeah, run this set. Like LeBron's going to be like, no, we're going to play LeBron ball. And what did we see? You know, Four weeks into the season, after the whole, like, I'm going to play more off ball in my career, he's transitioned right back. And the team is better statistically when he is on the floor without either of Lonzo or Rondo than it is with him and Lonzo or him and Rondo. So Point LeBron is still the best version of LeBron. And, you know, like Luke Walton feels like he has to be the fall guy for the season. Like, I feel like he's been painted into that corner and and that's what he's going to take the fall for the injuries, for not being the guy of magic or or LeBron's guy. And that's what they got to do to sell it back to the franchise and to the fans. And from that angle, I just, I feel it's unfortunate for him, but, at the same time, I guess, you know, this is the Lakers roster and championships are the goal and they're not there. So 
That, that I was saying that last night uh, after after the game. Uh, I was like, you could bring in Phil Jackson on this roster, and he, he might make a difference. Maybe three or four or five games. I I don't really see that. I think a lot of the blame um, just for the roster construction, as I talked about earlier. Like you look at uh, Palenka, like making the Zubats trade for for Muscala. Like I don't understand that. You don't have a room protector. Zubats. I'm not going to say he's ever going to be an all star. I think he could be a very serviceable big man in the NBA and and develop into a starter, a uh, long term starter. But you know, you look at what, what you left Luke Walton with, uh, you know, today's game, and, and look at the lineups that have consistently been uh, successful with LeBron. You look at those Cleveland teams, it was like, just give them a bunch of shooters. Even on Miami, I mean, Chris Bosh just started developing threes then, but he can hit the mid-range jumper all day. You had guys like uh, uh, Eddie House and, 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 you know, James Posey and these guys and uh, playing off ball. And now you just stuck them with a bunch of guys who, who can't hit an open shot if their life depended on it. Like, the amount of Lakers games I've seen this year – where they're, they're, you know, it's like, oh, they're down by five and, and uh, KCP's about to, you know, take an open three and you miss and you feel the air coming out of the building. So I think some of that blame has to come to the, from the top or the blame should be shifted to the top as well. Yeah, I, 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 in order, like, of, of the blame, if we're cutting up the blame cake, like, you know, injuries gets the number one slice because I do think this is a playoff team if LeBron doesn't miss 18 and Ball doesn't miss 19, you know, regardless of Ingram missing time as well. I think if those two are there, they figure it out. They have some direction. They do a lot more of the things that they wanted to do. So, so right there. And then number two is the front office. You know, you won the lottery. You got LeBron James. You got the brand new Maserati outside, and you know, you you filled it up with bubble gum. And <laughs> like you know, so it is the front office. Like Javale McGee, Rondo, Rondo. Ugh, man. KCP getting that clutch connection contract. And KCP hasn't even been terrible, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're terrible. And then maybe you look at coaching. Then maybe you look at LeBron's lack of defense. Then maybe you look at the fact that, you know, the young core didn't take the leap that you thought or hoped they would. Um, so, I mean, there's lots to go around. But, like, honestly, it, it was some bad luck and there was some bad management in the offseason. And, you know, now we're here. Yeah, it was it was a perfect storm for for it to be a season of hell, like a season from hell. Like you mentioned, the the injuries, uh, the roster construction, every everything kind of just looked uh, looked like it uh, it, it wasn't going to work. And I and I felt that early in the season too, uh, especially on October 18th when they open up the year taking on Portland. Uh, you watch this team play, and you were like, something isn't right, but they'll get it together. And and you said that a lot of Le- about a lot of LeBron teams, especially when he's moved on. You're like, all right, I'll, you know, give him 10, 15 games, they'll get rolling, and it just seemed like it never happened. And and I feel like the mark of a bad team and like the modern NBA with fans so much more concerned with stats is like when you're celebrating a player that like the rest of the league doesn't think is so great, but him having 30 seems to be the conversation on Twitter. And I look at Kyle Kuzma this year and every time he went off and he was blowing up on social media and people were like singing his praises, it was like he's a volume shooter. And and I like he might be a serviceable shooter and he might fit with LeBron, he might run the floor well. But, like, he doesn't shoot the three ball well. He has to take shots to, to get points. Doesn't play defense. I know people aren't huge on analytics still, but, like, negative box plus minus. He's just not – he's not He's not a great basketball player, and I don't think you're going to be a successful team with a guy like that being your second option a lot of nights. But, but that's where they're at because they couldn't have that second star, and Ingram and Ball weren't able to take that load right away, and they were injured and stuff. So, I mean, every time I see that, every time I see a volume score being celebrated by a fan base, I'm like – this is means the team's not not where it should be because this isn't a guy that should be you know second or third in your team in shots on a nightly basis. 
uh, that's not a mark of a championship team. And I think that was a part of the problem coming into the season. A lot of people were over uh, overhyping the young guys, especially Lonzo, Ingram, and 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 Kuz. They're like, you know, Kuz is going to be a perennial all-star. No, he's, he's, a, he's a good player. He might be able to drop 16, 17 a night. I don't think mm-hmm. he'll ever make an all-star team. I think Ingram and Lonzo still can make leaps. Uh, you've seen that a lot especially from Brandon Ingram. But, um, yeah, they need to have a plan in place and, and figure something out because this is year three now going into Magic's, you know, master plan. He did say November, <laughs> December, this team by January is going to be good, and and we're not seeing that anymore. No, and to be fair, like, honestly, I, I've made plenty of jokes about Brandon Ingram, and he started slow, and he's had some horrendous, horrendous spurts of basketball where you're like, I don't know if this kid's going to figure it out. But the last three weeks, like, I was looking it up as we we're talking here. Like since February nineteenth, which just happened to be the day that clicked, so last seventeen games, twenty three <laughs> points a game, six rebounds, three assists, fifty six percent from the floor, forty one percent on three, albeit only on two shots a night. From there, I'm like, he's playing really good basketball, and for the first time ever, really since I've been watching him in the three years, I- I've thought like, oh man, this guy could still be a player. So. You know, like maybe it is just slower to go, and if some of these guys, you know, turn the corner a bit towards the end of the year, not only does that inflate their value, but maybe there's something else going on. Like, you know, maybe there there is some changes that can be made internally, and with the expirings, maybe you don't hit a star, but if Ingram is going to, for real, for real, for real, if this is who he is, taking a step forward, and Lonzo takes a step forward, I'm, I'm going to throw Tobias Harris, even though I think he's staying in Philly, and you sign a guy like that, maybe this team walks back into contending without landing the big fish. And that might be the best case scenario for them rather than overpaying a name like Butler who who might come in, might clash with LeBron, might not, but won't be great for the majority of that contract. Exactly. I'm in the same boat. Build a, build a team. Don't worry about getting a big – unless you get one of those big fish that we, we talked about a lot earlier in the pod. But uh, don't, don't just look at it and waste the cap space for the sake of wasting the cap space. I think they made a mistake getting rid of a guy like Julius Randle. The team's really missing that this season, but uh, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, I, you know what? The Lakers' season has been a disappointment, but the offseason might be a disappointment, but it's going to be entertaining. That's one thing you can always guarantee with the Lakers. Uh, Josh, I know we got to wrap things up. This has been fun, man. Thanks again for coming on. Yeah, anytime, man. Thanks. Nice to connect. All right, that's Josh Eberle of HoopMag, also a fellow Canadian, as I mentioned, so you can throw us your hate tomorrow on Twitter. He's <laughs> at Josh Eberle. I'm at JazzGang21. Don't forget, check us out, silverscreenandroll.com. We got you updated with analysis, stats, opinions, anything you want, you name it, we got it. And check out the uh, check out the podcast network as well, iTunes, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your fix, we are there. That's it for this episode. I'm out. I'll talk to you all next time.